electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures with some solid gains. As the pace of earnings accelerates this week, we'll dive into B of A. Meantime, the bulls get some tailwind from lower yields, a softer empire, weaker dollar, and this new market call from Morgan Stanley. Our roadmap begins with uh, the tailwind for the bulls, that UK U-turn. Bullard says the strong dollar may finally be easing up. Plus, Bank of America's shares are going to be up, at least it appears to be the case. The bank did top quarterly estimates. It had better than expected bond trading and, of course, benefited from higher interest rates. And Fox and News Corp back together again. Rupert Murdoch is trying to put his media companies, yep, together uh, once again. We'll give you the details, the likelihood, oh, and a lot of the backstory as well. As we get to the markets here, poised for a stronger open, Jim. We'll get to this Morgan Stanley note. But essentially, Mike Wilson argues that the rally that began on Thursday may have some legs. Well, I have to tell you that he's the only person, I'd say, in, in the firmament at this moment who can have this kind of impact. Because when you have the guy who's really right come out and say there's a short-term rally. Oh, by the way, the short-term rally is actually looking for much higher prices, which is uh, rather shocking. It would make you feel that you shouldn't sell the opening. But I'm not changed. I I have no enthusiasm for this market. And the reason I don't have enthusiasm is because if we give give up this this game, if we give up this game, then, David, I I met with a lot of investors over the weekend, and people are very uh, resigned to the idea that stocks just don't have it anymore, that as long as the Fed is tightening, let's just stay away. And and you apparently agree with them. I, I, I tend to believe that you can have a rally. But that, yeah, because when you have Bullard, say, three quarters, three quarters, and Bullard has been very reasonable, then you can only imagine what the people who are really afraid of inflation are thinking. So I uh, let a rally and then do some selling. Okay. Um, All right. If you say so. No, I do say so. Let it rally and then do some selling. Like, you don't have to sell today. All right. There's uh, there's Bullard, of course. You don't have to sell today. Just referring to that. Look at that. Uh, being quite hawkish. But remember, he's kind of represents the a consensus view. Yeah. And when you talk to, to Brian Moynihan's team, you know, they're, they're, they think things can slow, but not appreciably. But they're the best in terms of how they feel things are going to go. And as it is, Jamie Jimon was okay bullish. Um, I was quite impressed with how bullish Charlie Scharf is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moynihan's just basically saying, listen, things are really good. The, by the way, the number defaults, Carl, they're like what a community bank yep. would have defaults. Bank of America, I think people are starting to realize that Brian Moynihan, David, they're going to hate this one, that Brian Moynihan is the smartest guy in the game. It's the smartest guy where? In this game. In the game. Really? The bank. No, next lie. Yes, really. Smarter than your than Charlie Scharf, smarter than well, Charlie's David got- Solomon, smarter than James Gorman, smarter than Jamie Dimon. Really? 
You sure you want yeah. to go with that? I'm, I, no, I am going with that. Let me tell you why I'm going with it. All right. All right. This pastiche, this is what we've got, this, the technology. I mean, they're putting fintech to shame. The, the, the asset gathering, the amount of, of, of bad loans and whoever they're loaning to is just perfect. The amount of money that their, their clients still have uh, on all those measures, uh, Brian Moynihan's done the best. And I, you know, I, I really respect Charlie Sharp from Wells. My Chapel Trust owns it. Uh, I wish I owned this bank today. Not a lot of hair on the print uh, or the call today. No trading day losses in the quarter. Uh, delinquencies well below pre-COVID. Asset quality and loans pretty good shape. Leveraged loan losses lower this quarter than in the prior quarter? Yeah, uh, that's not supposed to be. None of their numbers are supposed to be. Uh, that short term, their trading business up 13%, David. I mean, they're taking the number of people who come in, they have averages of, say, 60,000. Robinhood's got 3,000, just in case you're Mr. Fintech. I know that you're not Mr. Fintech. I don't mean to denigrate your work, because you're solid. Uh, just solid. That's all I get from you. The amount of business they're doing with Erica and Zell, you're probably not even familiar with those women. And it is uh, mid single digit loan growth remains very strong. I don't know, David. I, I'm not going to look 400,000 new checking account. I can't listen to what they're doing and think, you know what? They're, they're slouches versus what J.P. Morgan's doing. Understood. Understood. It's hard to what? listen to what they're doing and think that we're in the midst of a recession either. No, 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 no. So you, yeah. you want to say that we are, that if Powell listens to it, you'd say he's winning because 12% growth sound, go down to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, wage growth, obviously, not keeping uh, up with inflation. Right. Although average deposits also still hanging in there above a average, trillion dollars. Average actually, very strong. Kind of so what's surprising because we I'll, start to see some runoff towards actual right. yield, whereas right. you keep it at the bank, so you're not making any money. Well, let's go over. So Jane Frazier at City, uh, it's good, but I still don't understand that you could have your tangible book be <laughs> be twice what your bank is. That that I, no one's been able to explain that to me. Uh, Charlie Sharp did a great job with Handy's dealt. And I, I don't know what J.P. Morgan is about right now. I don't know what they're about. I don't know what the narrative is, J.P. Morgan. Is it positive? Is it negative? Do they like how things are? Do they dislike? When we had Ms. Lake, the CFO, I always got a good view about what's happening. Now I have no view. I listened, and I'm not saying it was like listening to ITW talk about banking, but it was... Um, Jamie is is both sides. Both sides of what? Good and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> no, I, look. David is from the world where Jamie is king. Okay, okay. Where you respect Jamie tremendously. I respect Jamie tremendously. But Carl, I finished the. He's been running this bank for a really long time. I don't know if I'd put myself in that world. I've actually no, no. sat here and said, listen, the, that board is enthralled with him and has been for years. I like that. That's very and, good. And uh, That's very good. Will, he, as I've said, he's been his own successor. But I've made the argument that you don't know what you don't know when you get to when you've been a CEO okay. for as long uh, as he has. All right, Secretary, Rums- things you probably Secretary Rumsfeld, I completely appreciate that. Unknown knowns. But Carl, what I mean is, is that I thought, all right, I'm going to back up. Let me back up. I thought the quarter was really good. And then I listened to the call and I say, wow, I'm way too bullish. I, uh, I'm misjudging this one. Um, I got to pull back. 
Now, it, that, that I, is. What I've heard this morning, though, is more than that. It's what? Brian Moynihan's better than Jamie Dimon, and I like Bank of America more Bro, than I, I do Jamie Look at the numbers. Look at the consistency. I'm just saying. Look at the consistency. Look, a, at sa- look at sales and trading. Jim look at Kramer, sales and trading. The headline is I, yes. out with Jamie, in with Brian. I don't mind that headline. I don't mind that headline. Apple right. um, the Mets, him of the Phillies. What do you want me to say? <laughs> that, that we understand. I'm leaving. That's uh, so you had to go no, there? I, I was way out of line with okay, that. Not, not the Moynihan stuff. Moynihan is, is now much more of a senior statesman. He really had a tremendous interest in technology. And that's what... You believe that actually is really working for them well, in a way work. that it may not be for some of the other banks? Yes. Okay. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Added uh, 5,000 employees in the quarter. Uh, a lot of advisors and risk and controls. Um, Charlie, a, by the way, the opposite. 260 is <laughs> going down to 200. It gives us a moment to talk about this uh, journal story about Goldman. Uh, and the yeah. Morgan there, and we'll find out more tomorrow, maybe, you think? Now, Goldman, it, one of the great parts of Jamie Morgan's, uh, Jamie, Jamie's call, just JP, JP Morgan, um, was that he said, listen, there's going to be this real consolidation in fintech. And now we realize, basically, I would have used it if I him. Fintech has no clothes. Did you see that one division, David, that, where they dumped all the fintech into? No. Well, that, that's, that's, that's one of the things. They, they, dumped the, they, they, dumped, they dumped the fintech into one group. We're back to J.P. Morgan now. No, no, no. You're talking no. Goldman Sachs. Yeah, I'm saying that Goldman has this group yeah. where it's fintech. Yeah. The green sky and stuff. And it just seems like they're really, they're trying to get away from the thing that the expensive retail business that they all told us wasn't as expensive and you didn't have to worry about it. Well, it was expensive and you had to worry about it. Okay. I just want more specifics. I've read the same story you have. Frankly, I'm relying on the journal's reporting here. Are you talking about Marcus or are you talking about... Marcus Brooks and Green, you know, I mean, they just, David, they just... Let me turn to Carl, because obviously is, you're in a bad The point mood. is, Goldman has been frustrated for some time at the fact that its stock trades below book value, and that it feels as though it hasn't gotten a multiple that's appropriate to the actual uh, uh, stability of its business. So what are they doing? If They're going you back- talk to any senior executives at Goldman for years now, they'll tell you, hey, we have a Blackstone buried inside Goldman. Yeah, now, for a that. while, that even was more effective when Blackstone stock was at its highs. But even so, their point is that we have a lot of different levers that we can pull. Now they seem to be embarking on a possibility of making things a bit simpler in terms of combining some, some of the operating units and putting trading and investment banking together. We'll see if that helps address and putting private wealth this together with ongoing discount. That private wealth together with the asset management is very important. Right, correct. There was no real reason for that to separate. No, why would that be separate? I don't know, just have a lot of high-priced people running things. I mean, and Carl, when I look at this thing, I say to myself, "Well, uh, Lloyd, you did okay." It's my bank now. I want to get out of these businesses. Don't make a lot of money. I, I'm setting up so I can get rid of them if I have to. Uh, everything I just said will be denied by everybody. Uh, I used to work there. And like um, in the future, I don't care. <laughs> you don't care. Marshall Sham Gerard. You just don't care. I don't care. When I did the best. Goldman is very confusing. J.P. Morgan, I liked it until Jamie told me not to. Pretty interesting. Sharf told me it was great, and Sharf's right. All right. So um, there, there's the complete our, banking panoply. We are working our way through the bank earnings. We mentioned uh, the Morgan Stanley call. Um, uh, gives us a quick moment, Jim, to talk about UK and whether or not this is going to result in some long-lasting benefits uh, for equities or, I guess, bonds. Well, and we, yeah, we, the bonds are, you know, interest rates are down there, but there are a lot of reasons why. 
Uh, I continue to find London, a, I, I hate to say this, a massive sideshow. Uh, if Germany were doing something, it might matter. But uh, David, yes, London, sir. we have to talk about London because at one point uh, we had a special relationship with the UK. Uh, Donald Trump undid that. You're going to continue to insult our friends? What, our American cousins? Special relationships. Yeah, you're going to yeah. continue to do that and talk about them that was the being play, Mrs. infinitesimally Lincoln. small. And Come on. It's still an important economy. It's got a lot of debt, a lot of bonds out there. They, they overspent. Someone told me this weekend that everyone's excited. Well, they everyone's happy with, with they Brexit. They came up with unfunded tax cuts, and that didn't go over too well. Yeah, it's pretty it just, simple. And they, it, they turned around because of the market. Yeah. Yes. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah the it, market no, said no. no. No, no, no. I, it's a big deal in the sense that they couldn't bring us down. There were a lot of people who were saying it was a Lehman moment. I mean, people scared scared a lot of people out of the market again. Thanks for nothing. They missed today's Wilson rally. Okay? Price on Wilson. Sorry. Wilson. There was 14 points to his upgrade. <laughs> on the waterfront. What? There are 14 points. Really? Yeah. Do you know that Eve Marie Saint is still alive? Is she really? And she's still acting, and she's the only one left of that grade year. Take now the that price Angela on Wilson? Lans- now that Angela Lansbury is not with us. Jolly, that was, that was my night. That was my night. I could have been something. Yeah. All right. Um, All right guys, can I end with Bank of America here? Uh, uh, because we covered uh, on that. the call, no, because on the call, Mr. Moynihan, your new hero, jeez, oh, um, talked about spending, and I think it's important. He said analysts might wonder whether the talk of inflation, recession, other factors could... Uh, could result in slower spending growth. We just don't see that here at Bank of America. Year-to-date spending, $3.1 trillion through September, is up 12% compared to last year. And as you look across the periods, you can see in the trend year-over-year spending. As we enter the pandemic, we saw spending decline, quickly recover. And while still strong, September 10% spending growth has slowed just a bit from 12%. We're still doing pretty darn well. All right, so let me chill down That was on me that. at the end there. Doing I hate to be a more granular and have... I'd say more current information, but twelve. This was just on the call. Yeah, but no, no twelve goes to ten. That's what he. That's what I just read. No, you said just it, it, you didn't quickly say, recover and then grow no, across. And while 10. still strong in September at ten percent, spending growth. You didn't say ten. Just a bit from the twelve percent year to date. Okay, phase, well what I'm which saying shows is you that earlier in the year is a faster year over year growth rate, but it's still strong in the so first. You, so you agree with me, obviously, on my Moynihan call. I am not passing judgment on Moynihan, whether he's better or worse. He's been at but, that but job how do a long you have time, too. How do you have $61 million in bad loans? I mean, I once was a, uh, had shares in a bank when I was allowed to. I don't know. You know what? And we were a community bank, and we had like $63 million in bad loans. And we, we, we had like, you know, loans from dry cleaners. Now that you, know? you love him, he's going to sure to disappoint us. I, I like his work for sure. charity. I have to tell you, I like his work for what he's trying to do to make it so we're one nation. And if you ran for president, unlike somebody else, I think you'd have a good shot. Now you want Moynihan to run for president. No, no. I'm just saying that there was a move to float Jamie, like there's a move to float Howard. And uh, I think Dr. Oz is losing, just in case you're asking. You do? Yeah, I do. Okay, thanks for that. Some of those races have tightened a bit. They have. Fetterman with the hoodie does go to Wegmans. Because Wagner's, Wagner's. He's, uh, Oz, uh, Oz is an acquired taste. He's also like, I mean, I used to go to my box, but my box at the Eagles. And I, I thought he was a Democrat. I thought he was like a real Democrat. I was quite wrong. <laughs> Where do well, we come back to say this like morning, you are a Let's say it. A closer look at Apple today. Uh, Morgan Stanley names it a top pick. Evercore actually with a tactical outperform on Apple this morning as well. Futures up 430 on the Dow. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, 
Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Apple's up in the pre-market on a pretty good tape this morning. Morgan Stanley names it a top pick in IT hardware, given what the firm says are greater insulations during a downturn. Jim, their, their sector view is, is not positive by any means. No, and, you know, they, they HP in particular, oh my. Uh, but the idea that, look, I say own it, don't trade Apple. But I would never say it's defensive. I would never say that. It's, in the end, it's tech. Uh, tech is not doing well. David, there's some things going on in China that no one really understands. Uh, there was a Chinese company, a semiconductor company, that Apple was going to use, and they're not. And China remains just a tremendous sore point for everybody. Uh, I just don't know if there's any business going on in China. So, do you know that the American executives we're hearing are, are you either have to choose to be a citizen or go? So while I think that it's Apple, a, I like a, Apple. I don't. Want, I don't want to own it for this quarter. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. And, but and own it, don't trade it. But you know, Apple plan freezes plan to use China's YMTC chips. I don't want to see. You can't have. Apple lose China. No, it's what, 13, 14? What's the percentage, Jim? Yes. Right? Around that of revenues. It's a very yeah. important market for, uh, for Apple and but I obviously think, right. for a number of other companies. But what I do uh, like is the recognition the that the 14 Pro is really quite a great, cam- great camera, great phone. Right. It's just really terrific. But, you know, own Apple because it's a great American tech company. Do not own Apple for the quarter. Uh, it, that's just, not, that's just uh, not a great thing to do. Don't play the quarter in this business. Because, boy, the tech companies are just awful. Uh, the, no, the Communist Party of China's 20th National Congress has begun. Of course, expected to, yeah. uh, to, yeah. to have uh, uh, Mr. Xi appointed to another five-year term, which many kind of feel as though is, is new territory. Right, coronation. coronation. Leaders have only served for two five-year terms. And then over the weekend, uh, warning against any interference on Taiwan. Taiwan. Not going to renounce uh, the use of force. Uh, they're going to they're going to delay their Q3 eco data because apparently there's reports that they don't want to embarrass him on this important week of the Congress uh, with data that we know is going to be no good. I, I think that because Dr. of the covid lockdowns. Right. Dr. Dr. Borla in the interview, I don't know if you guys caught the excellent interview with, the, with Andrew Ross Sorkin, but he's had it twice. Second time bounces back very quickly. And you keep thinking, well, why don't they 
uh, make a deal. Don't steal the intellectual property. You make it so that, okay, people get sick, they're back to work in six days. It, I don't uh, get it. Well, the reason is because he has put his credibility on the line saying that we are going to have zero COVID, and he is the leader but a lot in of people all respects, you, and therefore definitely, definitely. everything has to move to make sure that he is proved correct. That's all. That's what it's about. Now, you have made, you have posited that Positive. after this Congress, they will start loosening up. That's what my best sources indicated, that you're going to see a loosening up, and you can only have, like you said, a horrible economy for so long. And I think that would be, I, I wish he hadn't made the Taiwan comment, because once again, that's just so, so us. But I do believe that, yes, uh, that there's going to be an improvement in their, uh, in, in, in their country, which is so necessary because, holy cow, the Chinese growth is behind so many countries in the world, and that's not good for the world. There you go. She's not Moynihan. He's not Moynihan. No, he's no Moynihan. No. <laughs> That's not even put them in the same yeah. sentence. He's no Daniel Patrick Moynihan. Daniel either. Patrick Moynihan was one of my professors. Don't you invoke him. He was I, amazing. I, 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 I got know. an A. I got an A in his class. Just get really? away from me. Yes, I got an A in his class. Actually, I was in the top of that class. Benign neglect. That was number eight. <laughs> we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and countdown to the opening bell. A lot going on on a busy Monday as we get uh, nine Fed speakers this week. Obviously, the pace of earnings is going to pick up, too. We're back in a minute. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Just uh, some of the names reporting this week. Uh, Goldman, Hasbro, J&J, Netflix, UAL, Tesla, IBM, all in the next several days. Getting off to a nice start here with Futures in the Green. Opening bell in a couple of minutes. And don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere, just by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Don't go away. All right, let's get to a mad dash. And then uh, we got an opening bell about a minute and a half from now. Splunk uh, has been in the news a bit. The Wall Street Journal reporting, Jeff Smith, of course, uh, 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 has taken a significant position, starboard value. Uh, I can confirm that that uh, is the case. Um, we'll see what comes of it. But the stock is up on that news, okay. Jim. You know the company well. You've yes, talked to this I, I former had, CEO, the new CEO. Yeah, Gary Steele used to it. Yeah. I had the moment I was in, in, in California. And here's what I was going to say, and I will say. This is an open-minded person. He recognizes that the Splunk was kind of a broken company. He was leaderless for a while. Does know they have great technology. And my thinking is, and you can help me or not on this, but that he would actually welcome this input. He's trying to turn it around. He knows those guys are smart. He is not at all a combative man. He is a thoughtful man. And I bet you he thinks that, you know what, these guys are going to add to what I need to do. Yeah. Because I don't think he wants to sell it. There, a lot of people feel like he should sell because it's so low, but there's been no consolidation. But I didn't look. He did not mention that there'd be obviously when I interviewed him, that there'd be starboard. Right. But I know that he's a person who would say, if you have any good ideas, please share them. 
Uh, and that often, you know, can be the case. Uh, Smith uh, can sometimes be adversarial, but, uh, but as well, this isn't the case, not, not necessarily. They've had a pretty good track record at, when it comes to uh, technology companies. Um, tomorrow is the active passive conference that I typically attend. Uh, that is where Smith will be presenting. We do expect perhaps we'll hear more about Splunk, and we're going to have an opportunity to talk to him as well. Uh, oh, so don't miss be it great right interview. here at 1015. That'll be, he is fantastic. See what his thoughts are if, in fact, uh, you know, Splunk comes up, which I expect it will. So there's that coming tomorrow. Fantastic. Yeah. That'll be a great interview. I find that he's, that they are very, very thoughtful. All right. Let's get set for a busy week here. First opening bell of the week. And the CNBC Real-Time Exchange of the big board today, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency at the NASDAQ. It's One Hope United, a nonprofit providing child and family services. You know, Jim, one of the points about the Morgan Stanley call was not just about the potential upside here, but also how hard it is to bang a market below the 200-week which, in, in Mike Wilson's words, and we'll talk to him later this morning, you need a recession to do that. Yeah, I, I've talked to enough billionaires in the last 48 hours, and they all believe that it, that it can rally, but in the end, we're going to take out 3,000. And these are very smart guys, smarter than I am, and just point blank, just saying, listen, anytime you get a rally, you must go. And I say, why? And they say, because we fell behind in inflation and now we have no choice and to break inflation is six seven. That's the number I keep it. Six percent Fed funds rate. Six percent and at six percent Fed funds rate, that's competition that the stock market can't handle. So these are billionaires. Again, one of the things I know about billionaires, David, is they once you're a billionaire, you don't really need to become a millionaire. You only need to get rich once. So you could argue that the billionaires are conservative. But these billionaires are very trading-oriented and very attuned to the market and are no doubt selling aggressively right now. They are. Yeah. What, what, what billionaires are we talking about? Billionaires that I talk to. Oh, the ones you talk to. Well, no, you see, like, David, let's say I said their names, okay? Then the next time I call them, you know how that goes, right? Yeah. Not well. No, it wouldn't go well. Are they you like have, the billionaires what? I talk to? Do they, are they experts in all things? They're different billionaires. All things? No matter, even if they have no expertise? No, these are billionaires who do not even claim that they know anything about oh, okay. anything other than the market. I like those kind of billionaires. The ones who know that it's all just your billionaires just got lucky and it's all My just billionaires are still in the game. Carl, how are your billionaires? Your billionaires well, are still in the game? No, no, no. My I, got billionaire- more, you want, I got more billionaires than you do. David, Way more. David, I have... On a regular bill- basis. I, I got them texting me I even have a billionaire in Philadelphia. Minutes. I'm thinking about one right now, uh, Harold Ham. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm glad we mentioned this him. Lifted yes, bid. Harold Ham. Well, he wants you know why he's doing this? All right, he's buying the rest of his company. I think this is fascinating. He did not understand the propensity of the new way that people in the oil business work, which is don't drill, baby, don't drill. And I think he's had it. He's saying, listen, oil's up huge. I'm going to take advantage of it. It's so interesting that when I met Rick Moncrief, who is the leader, of the let's not drill, let's return capital. The leader, I met him when he was COO of Continental Resources. And he at Devon has changed the paradigm and Ham wants the other paradigm. Let's quickly just tell people, uh, Mr. Ham controls 83% of the stock of this company, uh, but he wants to own the other 17% and he's offered $74.28 a share uh, in order to do that. So that's a tender offer. Uh, out there right now. And again, the Ham and the Ham family, again, controls about 83% of the uh, outstanding shares. So 
he completely controls the company as is, but wants to own every last bit of it. Well, I mean, David, can't someone say that he's giving too low an offer? Yeah, unclear whether that price will carry the day. Uh, offer price, by the way, does include 28 cents in lieu of an anticipated dividend that would be paid in the third quarter uh, of this year. Well, I think that deal is more of a chance of going through than the Albertsons Kroger deal. There's, there's a And the Albertsons Kroger deal, you. which you refer to, Albertsons stock, by the way, has come down uh, almost to the level it, it, it had prior to uh, the announcement of the deal. Why are you dubious. Is it antitrust? Simple as that. Well, or, think, you know, the complexity of the Albertsons deal, which included a six plus dollar dividend being paid. Right. By the way, that dividend, you need to be a domestic fund to actually have that dividend. Otherwise, uh, you run into tax issues if you're a foreign based fund. It may be because they wanted to pay Cerberus more quickly, give cash into Cerberus's hands, Jim. Uh, but they're going to pay that in November. Then you've got the spin, of course, of, of stores or the sale. If they don't sell them, they would spin them of stores that they feel they need to divest okay, in order so, to get through the antitrust review. Now, this is going to be FTC, yep. not Justice. Right. But Justice has written, Canner, uh, who's the head of antitrust, has written and spoken repeatedly about how, no, we're not going to allow these spinoffs anymore. They fail too quickly. Uh, to some degree referencing the uh, classic Safeway deal with Albertsons where they spun off a bunch of stores, didn't, wasn't capitalized well. Stores went, the company went bankrupt five months later. The stores reverted to Safeway. So uh, there, now, it is true that Rodney McMullen, who's the CEO of Kroger, has thought about this, and they're going to well capitalize whatever company. But if you go read what Justice, remember, not FTC, what Justice say is there's just no money to ever do that because there may be a lack of interest and there may be not, no scale. And so it fails too often. We're not going to allow. But David, the interplay between FTC and justice, FTC prevails if FTC's lead. Yes. Uh, we're going to have a guest in the next hour discuss the antitrust implications yeah. of the deal. Former FTC uh, commissioner yeah. will join us. Can you tell me who is it? No, like it's a, a reveal? mystery. It's a mystery to, to everybody. Deep tease, they call it in yeah. television. Wow. And his name doesn't really matter. It's the fact that you know, of who he is. Okay, that's good. But you're right. This is the key gating issue here is the antitrust. Right, and uh, they've had a very bad, very bad luck starting these new from scratch yes. t- uh, companies. In other words, are you starting an ending? Remember, Rite Aid tried to pursue something that's similar to that. That's what I'm talking. That, and, it, and it didn't end up I think that, that being a going entity. Do you think that Kroger's jive talking? Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think they're jive talking. I think it's a complex structure that, as I said, involves this dividend payment, which is already excluding a number of investors from getting involved in the deal. You've got the concern overall about antitrust. So, and it's going to take a long time to get this deal done, if it does get done. I was reading a Jonathan Cantor speech over the weekend that he gave in February, where he very specifically, Carl said, we're not going to allow, we're going to block these kinds of deals. So, I mean, Rodney, they have to work with justice, but it's going to FTC. It would be very unusual for the far left person who runs the FTC to be to the right of Cantor on this. So I think I'm putting this one in the hard to close file because of how much Justice and FTC feel fooled by the creation of a new entity where there's overlap. Jim, uh, the banks are making a tear here, along with some semis this morning. Well, the semis are a little, uh, you know, look, they're way oversold. They would fit into Wilson's bounce. I would lighten up into that. I would not lighten up into the banks. I think the banks are the new leadership. 
And I even think we have someone, David, who will be the leader of the new new sector. And I think I know who that person is. But see, people turn in later. Not everybody turns in in the first half hour. A lot of people come to us at 9.30. That is not true. Everybody starts right away at 9 o'clock with us. Well, no, there's a West Coast people. Uh, West Coast people who right now are on their Peloton. They're on something. Well, if if they missed it, you were were extremely um, complimentary of uh, Mr. Moynihan. And I didn't even go into the chat. You're acting as though he's a new CEO, though. He's been CEO of that bank for a really long well, time. He, I think he's the dean now, is what In I'm fact, saying. In fact, we might want to start talking about succession there, too. I mean... Well, I mean, is there going to be a next season of succession? <laughs> yes, there. yes, they're In filming fact, it right now. In fact... Fox News Corp, which I'll get to in a minute, oh, is the next well, season of Succession. Well, that was the whole reason why that was the segue. Oh, was. Unlike the way that you were not willing to tell me who you have from FTC, I just gave you a pitch that was even fatter was. than but I, I, don't think I don't think we're quite oh, ready. Oh, you went there again? Well, you ridiculed me twice to the show. I have to ridicule you right back. By coming after my Mets, 101 I wins. I had to find some place. 111 and, wins. I had to Atlanta, find some place. And, wins, and we end up with Philadelphia uh, and the look, Padres. Los Dohers. Really? Los Dohers were pretty good, too. Philadelphia and the Padres. Go ahead. I just did it because you made fun of me. Go uh, ahead. Take the floor. No. Fox and two great companies. Good luck to you. No, I'm not doing uh, it yet. No. You want to do the favor report now? I, I, I don't know if you're mad. I'm sorry. Are you mad? Mad about what? Me. No, I'm, no, okay. I'm sad. Just check it. Because my Mets should be in there and your Phillies oh, should I did. be I was gone. so out of line, Carl. No, I, mean, I will never mention. No, I'm not. That's because it hurts so much. I've been there. It hurts. I know. I, it I know. just hurts. It and hurts. I was, it was unfair. I admit. But, hurts, but, hurts played but, a great game, just you but know. But News Corp is the S&P gainer, <laughs> or lead gainer at the moment. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to get to him after. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, Fox is the uh, one of the big losers. It's but, down but 6%. Look at Apple. So, you've got, okay, so Apple's up three on a note. Well, the defensive note, okay? Morgan Stanley, they've liked Apple. There's nothing revelatory. So now they got a new posture. They like it during a recession. I mean, you know, I like it. It's like Sam, ham and eggs. You know, what is it? Dr. Well, they Seuss. Did I like it when it rains. I like ham and eggs. I like if, green ham. Uh, if, if Katie Huberty would have been as negative as, as Woodring is. Thank you. They changed analysts. Thank you. Um, I miss Katie Huberty tremendously. She did a fantastic job. And she does a great job now in a larger role. Um, all right, you want to talk Fox News? I've wanted to for all right. succession. I'm going to do it. Roll tape. There we go. What do you do? It's a favor report. Oh, okay. Yeah, it means I get to talk for a little while. Um, in case you are just joining us, of course, late Friday, a uh, number of reports. Uh, we eventually got there as well. Fox and News Corp are considering uh, getting back together, is, that, is the headline. Um, essentially, this was a result of a letter that was sent from the trust that controls the voting shares in both stocks. Of course, it's the Murdoch Family Trust, and the trust is run by one Rupert Murdoch. Um, and a letter was received by both companies saying, hey, I'd like you to consider getting together uh, as your essentially control shareholder, uh, and please form special committees and do that. And that's it. That's kind of where we stand. Special committees. Uh, are being formed because this deal, which would be an all-stock transaction, uh, would require a majority of the minority shareholders to vote in favor. And so you have special committees that will negotiate with each other uh, on both sides, News Corp and Fox. Uh, I'm told lawyers have been hired, but they're still out there looking for who's going to represent them on the banking side. And then they will move forward for a negotiation that probably will take, let's call it, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks. 
anybody's guess, but maybe we end up sometime in December with some sort of a potential transaction here. Why? Why now? Why are they doing it? Well, listen, I mean, uh, when you talk to uh, people close to the situation, they'll simply say to you, it's a result of the world we live in right now. Scale is of the essence. Remember, Fox is a very much pared down Fox. This is not the Fox that people may still remember with the studio and the cable networks. It's a sports and news company, right? Um, with a broadcast network and a number of O&Os, Fox uh, News Channel, which is by far the largest single generator of cash flow, Fox Sports, and that's what you got. And you put it together with News Corp, the idea being that there you've got Dow Jones, of course, owner of the Wall Street Journal, a number of other key properties, including, by the way, in digital and Australia and real estate, they've done, had some real successes. You put them together, you get more scale in the advertising business, you get more scale in terms of presenting news, and you potentially set yourself up better as well for the future of sports betting and the opportunities that may arise there. That at least is, is part of the argument. Another may be that, hey, you know, Rupert Murdoch, I think, what, 91 years old, in great health still, uh, but he controls this trust. Upon his death, it goes down to the four oldest children. Nothing says they would all agree on doing anything. And so it might be a lot more difficult after he's gone to get anything done. So if he wanted something done, now's the time to do it as you take a look at him with his now former wife again, I think, Jerry Hall, right? Uh, there's a look at James, there's Rupert, some really nice pictures. Oh, yeah, with uh, former President Trump um, and Lachlan. Uh, who would run the combined company is my understanding. So it would be an all-stock deal, Lachlan likely to run it. By the way, I'm also hearing that they might go with uh, the News Corp name for the overall company once again, kind of bring it back to what it was before Mr. Murdoch uh, split it. Uh, some, you know, uh, questions about it this morning, including a, a note from Credit Suisse which downgrades Fox and says kind of the following. Uh, the merger would not resolve Fox's need for greater video streaming scale, and the pivot seems a tac tacit admission of challenges for Fox, even if this merger does not ultimately come to fruition, the investment backdrop for Fox has been altered. Of course, it was 10 years ago that the company announced its intent to split up. They all used to be together. And by the way, you can make arguments as to the benefit of really having print and digital, or uh, even though Journal's done a great job of moving to digital, Dow Jones has video and digital. Does that really work? Will it work? We'll see. Uh, I did sit down with Rupert Murdoch 10 years ago, though, when he announced his plan to split the companies. And this is what he had to say at that time. I finally came to it. I'd considered, you know, a lot of the pros and cons over the years. Bankers have been telling me, some colleagues, other colleagues have been saying no. Uh, people have been with the company all their lives. There's a lot of emotion involved. And um, then some time ago, say a couple of months, several weeks ago, um, I finally reached a conclusion that it was the right thing to do. And the more I go into it, and the more I study it, the more enthusiastic I am about it. All right. So that was uh, me sitting down with Rupert 10 plus years ago. Uh, and he's behind this as well. Unclear whether there'll be another interview in my future. I'm not remember, I don't remember the last time we sat down for an on-air uh, interview. Um, don't know the exchange ratio at this point. You can see news is responding positively, Fox negatively. Uh, you know, it's two-third, one-third when you look at the market caps, respectively. But I guess this is all negotiations yet to come, Jim, between the special committees of the two respective companies. Uh, media, David, when I did my list of the performers in the third quarter, 
uh, media and semis, semis, so horrible. Horrible, yeah. Uh, what, what Fox gets, a lot less horrible than the others. I yes. mean, Fox only down 20% versus Disney down 37%, Paramount down 36%, Warner Brothers Discovery down 47%. Uh, Netflix down 60% for the year. Our parent company down 39%. In fact, in the 10 years since that's the split, News Corp and Fox have actually performed better. And you can't look at the charts because of the Disney deal and the value that was uh, given to Fox shareholders, but they perform better than many others. That's true. Well, look, I mean, that, Rupert Murdoch knows how to do a deal. Yes. Yep. And oh, he proved that yeah. with Disney as well. Yeah, he, did he get the better on the Disney sense? I think he did very well there. Yes. Did well, that's a good way, yes. very play way to put it. No problems there. I mean, it took some stock, but yeah, it took Disney stock. But he did quite well for his shareholders at oh, Fox. That's good. In that decision. Good. Now, um, what? No, I just want the rest. I want the cable stocks to find a way to stop going down. Well, Comcast, our parent company, is up 2% today. So we got that going for Meta's, us, Carl. Meta's bounced off 122 from last week. Yeah, look, I think Meta... I, I saw the memo, uh, and, and I question. There's just there's a lot of leaking uh, about Meta, and it makes me think there's a lot of disgruntled people. But I reiterate, and I've been wrong this year. I've been wrong, but I reiterate that I don't think things are as bad. And I went over the language of that last quarter, right, where the worst is yet to come. That that Zuckerberg said, and I'm interpreting it. Perhaps he meant macro and not his own company. Because while I do believe that Reels is okay, doing better, maybe taking some share, uh, Meta's not on the, the actual omniverse, it's not yet on the web. That's to come. So I, I don't want to judge the company as, as is perceived now. I want to judge the company as it'll be perceived six, seven months from now. And uh, I, I don't think it'll be as bad as people think. I really don't. Uh, we'll see. Uh, for the time being, Dow's up 580. All stocks are in the green, led by some uh, mega cap tech. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, this is quite a powerful rally, Carl. Better than 20 to 1 advancing to declining stocks uh, and only a few S&P stocks that are in the red right now. Take a look at the sectors. Again, you want to look on risk on, risk off. The ones that I look for, risk on. Transports, ARC, Kathy Woods, ARC Fund, metal stocks, semiconductors. All of these are generally doing a little bit better than the market in general, except for the transport. So definitely could call this a risk on day. And Jim's right about the big cap tech stocks. So we have nice moves up. Semiconductors, the leadership here, NVIDIA, Micron are among the biggest gainers in the S&P 500. So is Advanced Micron. Uh, Google's doing pretty well. Alphabet also strong. That's a good risk on day. And I'm, it's very pleasing to see the banks uh, because uh, they have sort of turned around opinions about earnings season overall. Bank of America up nicely. J.P. Morgan. Look at J.P. JP Morgan was 109 uh, on Thursday at the close. So you see 114 here. You know, that's a 4% gain uh, since earnings came out. Well, Fargo also uh, on the upside. So a good start. So earnings, where are we so far? All right, it's it's early. There's 36, 37 companies, so it's hard to make a lot of broad conclusions. But so far, there's a couple things that kind of stand out. So I'm calling this a contraction, not a collapse in earnings. Put up that full screen. I'll show you. Because today, the earnings are definitely lower. We're up 3.6% for the third quarter. Uh, on July 1st, we're expected to be up 11. So the earnings have come down dramatically. And one of the things that's happened, as we point out, is the 
profits of the energy companies are enormous. Energy is 121% increase in earnings. That is amazing. Think about that. If you take out energy, earnings for the S&P are actually down. So what we have here is the oil profits are concealing substantial cuts in earnings that have already taken place. Look at technology. We have seen substantial reductions in, in technology. July 1st, the tech sector is supposed to be up nearly 6%. Today, it's down 4%. That's a 10% swing. That is a very big move in earnings. And you have the same thing going on for the fourth quarter, similar cuts. So where are we so far? I'm calling this a contraction, not a collapse so far. And remember the pain trade, guys? The pain trade is what would cause the greatest discomfort to the greatest number of people? It would be earnings coming in close to expectations and not an imminent earnings apocalypse where they go negative massively and everybody cuts. If they came in close to expectations, you're likely going to see some kind of relief rally that was similar to what we saw in July and August. So where are we? Look, Carl, you want to see 36.69. That was the Thursday close. That would establish at least some upward momentum, even despite what's going on, uh, what happened on Friday. And we are above that level right now. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks so much, uh, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, uh, let's take a look at the bond report, see how Treasuries are faring today. Busy week for macro. Uh, this week alone, we'll get to industrial production, housing starts, beige book, claims, LEI. Empire today was softer. We'll get Philly on Thursday for the time being two-year. Back below 442 and the 10 year below 394. Pisani mentioned the outsized positive uh, volume today as the SP revisits 3675. Really, the only losers of note include Fox, as uh, David was saying a moment ago. Kroger's in there as well. Uh, Regeneron, Ulta, Schwab. We'll take a break here. Dow's up 550. Don't go anywhere. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? Book's name is called Shut Up and Keep Talking. It's our own Bob Pisani. Uh, it's got a fantastic book. It's filled with rules. It's got some very big surprises about owning individual stocks. And I can't wait to talk to old friend Bob. Uh, this book is worth reading for anyone who's thinking about, do I buy a stock or do I do an ETF? And I think the answer is very surprising. Uh, not to mention the color he gives about working here. Yes, and with Art Cashin, which is really my favorite chapter. That's great. Uh, we'll see yeah. you tonight, Jim. Uh, Mad Thank Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, that aforementioned chief U.S. equity strategist Mike Wilson on his note today. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.